And here we go. It's time to try and be serious. I, did, I think we're I got it. I, well. I, I, uh, then I giggled. Um, <laughs> so uh, I w- I'll st- if, if it's okay, I'll start out this weekend uh, or this the show by talking about this weekend. Wait, I did the fan fusion thing, which is the Comic Con in um, Phoenix. Here, they don't call it Comic Con anymore because um, you know their lawsuits and stuff like that. Potential the San Diego is the actual Comic Con, and now everybody's kind of scared to use it. But I, I got I got humbled quite a bit because I went out and did a bunch of advertising and stuff like that and worked my butt off um, for this group and came down to our panel. We had these great creators, um, fantastic people, and they were very skeptical of me being part of this. So I really thank these comic book creators um, who are big part. You never know when somebody's comic is going to come back or when they're going to create something new, but uh, they were... They were some creators that had been huge before and are waiting on what's what's to come next. Anyways, um, so they took a chance because who's Frank Caliendo in terms of this world? Some of them were fans. I and, think you stopped just at who's Frank Caliendo. But. Yeah, that, that, uh, there was some of that too. <laughs> but um, but it was great, and they were fantastic. And we had the, brought these guys in from Philadelphia who were who were great as well. And it turned out fantastic. And some of them said it was the best panel they'd ever been on. Now that all that was great because the content was fantastic, but it was like almost we had been forgotten about. We get there, nobody was there to help us with the AV side of stuff. Um, there were no nameplates for the guests that the convention had actually helped set up uh, for us. Yeah, and there was no water, and we looked like like jerks, kind of. So I was like, never again. I did all this stuff to try and help the people, and uh, I was like, okay. I'm, I'm going to let other people and I'm going to let agents be involved because I didn't have agents involved in anything. I was just like, I'm going to be the nice guy and do it all. And sometimes you just can't be the nice guy. And I know you it sounds, sounds super privileged, but at the same time, I've got a brand to try and protect. And I, and again, I, I my brand is, what is it? I'm not even really sure, but at least it's like, I'm pretending to be higher than D list, at least C list kind of guy. So right. Uh, it just it was kind of weird at that, and there, there wasn't even a place for for me to. I, I I don't know if you have to do this, but sometimes you have to go. I'm I'm not a super famous person, but I'm famous enough that I have to go hide sometimes because I just need to not have people saying Frank, 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 and it's do not this like voice, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, and and just you know they they always they always want something, for, and I love to take pictures with people and, and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes you just need a second, so we were just leave a middle. voicemail for my brother. <laughs> yeah, or the one thing that I say no to is people want me to do Snapchats and stuff like that, and I'm like I can't because I don't know you and I don't know how you're going to use it. And a lot of times oh, yeah. people will put things on in situations where you're like, Oh, that's a, that's actually kind of a, 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 a troubled person or something like that. Yeah. And they, they're doing some bad stuff and I can't be associated, like looking like I'm trying to help them. They want you to promote their thing. And I'm like, I, I just, I just get right. pictures. Great. And say, saying hello, love that kind of stuff. But it was a little bit of a humbling experience in terms of that. Uh, but I really, I really had a lot of fun overall with meeting people and it was about making new friendships and that type of stuff. But my, as you can hear, you might be able to hear, I'm not sure if you can, my voice is a little bit raspy because trying to talk in a convention hall for three to four days is just yelling constantly over all the, the conversation around you. So I couldn't imagine, but like, I, I, I want to go back to, uh, cause uh, you're being really cool about this now and I'm sure you've had some time to kind of decompress 
But what was the what was the one thing? Because what you were talking about in, the, in terms of them not being ready for you, I don't know how many. I'm sure you've done a billion colleges, um, but I only in college situations have I showed up. Uh, you know, for an eight o'clock show, you show up at six thirty, and you you look for the girl, for the person, the student activities coordinator, and they're like, "Oh, uh, we have a comp. There's a comic, Frank. Frank, what's your last name? Ke uh, Frank Calafino is um." Where's the show? Oh, it's in the learning annex. Right. You're in the wrong. And you're just like, you're my point of contact. Right. You didn't know I was going to be here up until two. So like, I, was there a moment? And do, let's get 100% real with this. Where you almost snapped. Was it not the water? Was it not the nameplates? Was it not the setup? Because when you work your butt off and you realize that the people on the other side have done nothing, it's a natural human nothing. emotion to be I, angry. I wouldn't say nothing because they did do stuff in advance and then they get so taken over by other stuff. But I, Jeff, Go we were programmed against Jeff Goldblum, who was the biggest star at the wow. whole thing. So that's what that's what everybody, even I was promoting Jeff Goldblum. For, that's your Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, hello. But I was promoting Jeff Goldblum for the event itself. And then I, I even did it after I knew it was I was going to be competing with it because I was like, you know what? I'm giving my all for this group. I, I would like to come back and do this. And at this point, I won't I won't do it again because I was just like so. But we, we, we were told we could plug into their system to have nine mics. We got there. Nobody was there to help us. And you couldn't do it. You'd have to have taken their whole thing down. So for these comic creators that we were trying to show with complete respect for, we were handing microphones off to each other. Oh and, no! Yeah, just awful. I didn't. Oh, even, I would. No. I wasn't even thinking. I was just thinking about the water and stuff like that. And that was truly embarrassing because it made us look very unprofessional. Because it looks like it's on us. And we'd done. I'd been trying to get that dealt with for a month. And somebody will blame somebody else. Whatever. In it, in the end, it comes down to us, I guess. But I really don't believe that. I. I, I no, I, I don't. We think had people. You know, I'd tell you. Yeah, like we that, had that's not that that's only acceptable if you're handing off a mic at a best man speech at a wedding. Yeah. Like and they, and that's still awkward. I mean, and have you knew, ever done a show where they just hand you the mic and they just, yeah. you walk on stage and there's that weird baton exchange? Yeah, what so I can for this. Terrible or the the worst. It's always in a stand and let somebody else grab it. But uh the the the, the creators it took 15 minutes and then they kind of got like, "Wow, this is really a good panel." And like I said, one of them in particular who is a complete curmudgeon, but a, he's actually a super nice guy, but he, he puts on a little bit of a curmudgeon front because he's he'd done some stand-up comedy years and years ago, and uh, he, he was just he was actually really good. And somebody else pointed out that basically in the, um, in the podcast, uh, the, the panel, it became like Sean Connery and Alex Trebek on Celebrity Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live. It was fantastic. The, the, the other panelists were like, that was great, the way you guys had this thing going back and forth. And he's going to actually, this, his name's Brian Augustine, and he created the whole, he, uh, accidentally, he created a thing called Elseworlds um, that he was part of that, that's used in all the DC comics and the multi-universes that go on there. He was a huge part of it, creating this Gotham by Gaslight. And he's going to end up using the new studio that we're building at my house because he lives here in Phoenix. He's going to start using, he's like, how much? I'm like, free, dude. He's like, no, really, how much? I'm like, no, you can just use it. That's part of what this is. That's amazing. Is I want people to be able to use this stuff. So 
the the handing of the mics was pretty much where I was like, and I got into that mode where I was like, ah, I hate life. I'm not even going to try. And I was like, okay, I can't do that. I've got to work really hard because this is a group of people and a lot of people have put themselves into this. Because I've done that for myself. I'd have probably gotten selfish and just turned it off. But I tried to turn it up like five notches and I almost started doing some stand up at the beginning of it to get the crowd into it. Right. And then everybody was having fun. And even though it was embarrassing that we had to hand mics back and forth and frustrating when somebody had to go buy 20, it was $41 worth of water um, from the vending machines at the convention center. That's what we had to do because there was nothing Ugh. there. And nobody ever, if we had to have water, nobody ever told us we had to have our own water. Um, and other well, people I think said you'd expect that to be supplied. Uh, yeah. I mean, other people said it normally is, but we were completely forgotten. Like I said, so that was, that's where I'm at. And, and um, but in the end, we got some great stuff, have some great footage, new friendships. And, uh, those people that were on that panel are, took a chance to be on there with us. And uh, for people who don't know, that's at comic playground on Twitter and all the different stuff and uh, comicplayground.com, or you can get it right next to us. Uh, the Alan Frank try to be serious um, at Alan Frank try to be serious um, I'm just throwing that out there I don't know why but uh, frankpods.com will bring you to both of our things uh, if you want to just look at that and of course our website alanfrank.com or alanfranktrytobeserious.com so how about you coming into the into the show today man I'm coming in relaxed brother I, uh, <laughs> I went to Steamboat Springs uh, Colorado with my lady friend uh which was cool, uh, and her friends. It was it was interesting. Uh, I I had this thought because you you know it's known for the hot springs up there where you just like it's naturally 105, 110 degrees, and you just go and you sit in um you you, you know you sit in you sit in these hot springs. And I I was it's this is weird, Frank. I was sitting in the hot springs thinking about you. <laughs> I don't think that's I, weird. I really was, and I just you know, and I want to know if this is how many of our listeners have this and i think i have a theory and i want to throw this at you i cannot relax i honestly can't do i don't it's not like i'm you know me i'm not tense really i'm not high strung i feel like i'm always kind of the same so maybe if i had like i'm i think i'm busy if, if i should when i tell people my schedule which i think is normal they're like i cannot believe you do all those things but i don't feel like i need to i have a task where it's like super relaxing to me like video games or fishing or uh hunting or camping or uh, i don't really i don't know how to relax i know some people play cards every tuesday they i don't know i do you have trouble like uh, i don't know yeah, what I, know. I do i really struggle with it because i just get looking back at my phone we're all programmed now at this point to worry about little parts of business and especially with podcasts multiple podcasts and you have a you have a full-time job on top of this that is about current events and having to be on top of at least something. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of lost it. Every once in a while I can get away, but I have to get away for a week and it takes about two to three days to decompress to get there. And then by that time, it's uh, maybe away for a day and then it starts happening again because I'm worried about getting back into the swing. So right, and maybe that's just life. Maybe that's it. It does seem like... And maybe maybe this too, Al. Maybe it's because we're used to is when we're just stand-up comics and you're only that, and you don't have all this other sort of, sort of media stuff going on. When you're 15, 20 years ago, 10, even 10 years ago, when you were a stand-up comic, you basically, if you were headlining, you go to a city, you promote it, and then you do the shows, and it's over. 
if you were a feature act, a middle act who's opening for somebody, you go and you don't have to do the promotion. You just have an empty day to do nothing, maybe right? Um, but it's not the same. Now, if you're doing a podcast, if you're working on a, a, a television show, the, a daily television show, and you got all this stuff going on plus stand up, and then you got to travel, and you're you know 15 years older now, and the travel takes <laughs> that much out of you, there, that there's a lot going on there. All right. So please, anybody out there, tell me what I should do to relax. I mean, maybe like a uh, maybe like a card thing or something every Tuesday. I don't know. So some of our audience just going to say drugs. They're going to say <laughs> drugs. I got a I got a script for you. All right. So here. Uh, to to uh, to get right into it, you had suggested, and I was very skeptical, um, to watch the All in the Family, the live, the Jimmy Kimmel live, um, All in the Family, and Jefferson's um, recreations. Their scripts were used from the original uh, 70s television show. I believe it was 70s, yes? Yes, yeah, 70s. 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, original scripts, uh, no changes, um, and uh there's one change they didn't use the n-word which i which we'll talk about later okay yeah definitely get into that uh and i agree with that 100 percent. they did use other terms uh which i uh, we'll get into that as well um but i just want to set that up for people who hadn't seen it i would watch that if you're listening to this podcast go watch that and then come back to listen to the rest of the podcast because if you were skeptical like me and i don't know why i was skeptical um, probably for a bunch of reasons, but uh, I thought overall, overall, really great. And, um, and as much of it seems like a lot of the dialogue and stuff is two, three, four, five, six steps back. It's very progressive in the day and age we live in with uh, PC culture. Uh, very progressive. And you know, what, what really struck me, Frank, is, y- you know, if you watch, um, let's say an episode of The Love Boat. I remember I was doing a... Uh, I was doing a, some kind of pilot for the Game Show Network, and we were eating lunch, and the Love Boat was on in the room that we were on. Just a, you know, original 80s Love Boat episode. And it was so, it was like watching a caveman draw it on a on a wall. That's how slow and just antiquated it seemed. Just whole scenes with just people leaning against a railing, kind of talking, nice cruise, yes, Captain. Like, the, just it was there was nothing to it. There's no substance. It just didn't hold up, uh, as, as people say nowadays. And I don't know if it was, but remember sad. that was that was trash television back then too. It was right. like t- television of the moment, but not considered smart and compelling television. It was guest star TV too. So okay, yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah, it was definitely guest star TV. You're exactly right. Uh, we was got it, the Harlem Globetrotters uh, on board. Yeah, it's um, you know, this was obviously more serious. But I, what I was saying was, this held up in a way that I think was showed the brilliance of the script, and then also kind of uncovered like a little bit of sadness that we're still kind of dealing with this. What is, the script is what, 46 years old? And was was anything that you saw in this, in either of the two programs, completely outdated? Um, no, but here's, I want to start very broadly first, okay? And this kind of goes with what you're, what you're talking about there because it wasn't outdated. Um, I still think families talk like this today. A lot of people do. The, yes. With the, with, uh, the um, derogatory terms, I, I like I've told you before, there's a person or people that would come to my house before they started talking and saying things. I'm like, you're not doing this in even a 
you know, you and I like we'll say things to each other that are horrific, but we right. know we're making fun of the bad people when yes. we're doing it. It's not us saying it to each other. We're we're kind of coming from there are people who think like this. So I won't I don't even let those people in my house anymore. Um, and I know that this whole that what I just said about if people could be like, you say terrible things. Listen, it's it's there. The tone of it is um, understanding and not it's not soul man jokes. Right. It's not like watching <laughs> soul man. And uh, he's in uh, the, the Thomas C. Thomas Howell is in uh what people would today call blackface but it, i think it was oh i think people then called it blackface. well it was i mean that i it, yeah that was not like he was tr they, they didn't even really try to it was no. pretty bad makeup really um, bad tan i mean he looked like tan mom yeah it was <laughs> it was it, i mean it's just brutal they're trying to teach a lesson in that movie and james earl jones at the end uh, you see, Thomas Hall learns the lesson. You understand. You could never not be black. You or you could not be black. You understand. What you've learned more than I thought. You know that yeah. kind of a thing at the end. But um, the first the first thing I, I want to go with that because you said uh, was anything outdated? No. But I think this. I think the fact that it was. And one of the reasons I think Jimmy Kimmel made this show was that people always said All in the Family could not be made today. The Jeffersons could not be made today. Those shows could not be made today. And I still have a piece of me that says those actual shows, a new show, could not be made like that today. And here's here's why. I, And I, I'm not saying it couldn't, but I'm not saying this completely broke that. Because this show was about the 70s, right? This show right. was about the time. So people were able to actually go, well, that's not us now. That's looking back then. And going, no, 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 there's a lot of people who are still this. So looking at the 70s clothes and looking at and listening to the 70s topics, people were actually able to take themselves back a little bit, to take a step back and say, this is not a reflection of society today as much as how harsh it would be if you were doing it without these you know, impressions of these lovable characters too. You know what I mean? Yes, the, definitely. The, if you were to make a, a whole new family that was based today that talk like this, I think that's a lot harder sell than what they did. Now, it's steps. And what I did love about it was the fact that – and you told me this and I was skeptical about it. You said people it's, – it's all these things that are still um, socioeconomic, race – all this stuff is still relevant today. And it's like, I don't know. Come on, Al. I, 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 I'm not sure. And then I watch it. I'm like, you're 100% right. Fantastic observation. Um, I'm sorry. I'm talking so much, but I'm passionate about this. And I no, care. No, no, no. I love and, it. Yeah. So what, what, it, what, what was your thought? Well, man, there were just so many things. So I'm going to start uh, as, as broadly as I can and kind of try and, try and narrow it down quickly. Uh, the first thing that I was uh, taking by, first of all, I thought it was, I thought it takes a lot of balls to do live television, which I do every day, Daily Blast Live. Uh, check us out. And, uh, but like to, to try and memorize lines and rehearse and say them live in front of not only a studio audience, but in front of the world just takes a lot of skill and a lot of cojones. And so I want to give a shout out to uh, all our actors. I thought that uh, Woody Harrelson was outstanding. I thought that Jamie Foxx was outstanding. Uh, there were some really, uh, really just great moments just on a strictly just uh, aesthetically just hearing, seeing the set design, uh, seeing the characters and having us take us take them, take us back to there. I really appreciate that. 
With that said, the first thing that I noticed, and maybe this is me being able to look at the show as a 41-year-old as opposed to when it was on or when I was watching it in reruns, is everybody is oppressed in some way. Uh, you, you have African-Americans. You have African-American men, African-American women. You have uh, older white women, which are being subjugated by being basically handcuffed to the kitchen. You have younger white women fighting for their rights to be recognized. And you have all these people in the same room, but they can't see the other people's oppression. The right, that's what was great about the Jeffersons, by the way, is you right. go from George being looked down upon by Archie in All in the Family, and then George, he is such a chauvinist in the in the in the Jeffersons, and you're like, you're doing the same thing that Archie's doing to you, dude. Exactly, a chauvinist, and also. He's a socioeconomic, uh, you know, yeah. it, you know, because he looks down, he's telling his wife, you can't be friends with our maid because they haven't made it like we have. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, there was, it, you know, I, I looked at the the conversation uh, that they had uh, with the, the the older white daughter. I can't remember her name. And uh, the young black man where he's saying, you know, uh, well, I'm always going to be a black man. I can't change that. Uh, and if white women had it as bad as black men, then why don't they have white women in the ghetto? And she says, well, our ghetto is the kitchen. Right. That's so they're both arguing that they're both oppressed. And in a way, they're both right. But in a way, it doesn't matter who's more or less oppressed. It just is. Right. And so we have all these people. And then you take that and expound uh, uh, upon that a lot of black people that fought for civil rights voted against gay marriage, right. which is somebody's civil right. Uh, it's amazing how you can see things for yourself but not for other people. So I, that was one of the things I took from it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I wasn't even thinking of the of the socio thing at the. I mean, I was when I was watching it. But there's just so much going on with it. So I want to I want to start out here. Here's here's my slight critiques, and I know I'm only saying this because I don't want people to think I thought it was over the top, unbelievably the best thing I've ever seen. The weird thing to me was watching people do impressions of other people's characters on television. Yes. Took away from me a little bit. Um, they There were moments where they would nail it, and there were moments where they would come out of it. And, and um, Woody Harrelson, incredible actor, and you'd hear the, oh, jeez, and then he'd, he'd sound a little more like Willie, Woody Harrelson. And Carol O'Connor was so amazing as Archie Bunker that that was a struggle for me, and maybe it's because the impression thing that I do. But even with uh, Jamie Foxx, who's you know Academy Award-winning actor, right? He's a great actor and a great impressionist, but he was kind of doing a big George Jefferson impression at times where other people were doing a smaller version of an impression. And then, um, Wheezy played by, um, uh, not Jack a, no, uh, no, no. uh, why can't I, that's, I should have thought of this before comic Wanda Sykes, Wanda Sykes, Wanda Sykes. She didn't even make an attempt to be wheezy right so no not at all and that's and i don't have an issue with that um because everybody goes into this at their own thing but it, it was like it wasn't quite co uh co coagulating it wasn't it wasn't fitting together 100 percent. and i've seen that happen before because some people are doing impressions some people aren't and then it's kind of weird because you're like well that person does the impression but that person doesn't and it takes me out of reality a little bit of what I, I want to get lost in there somewhat 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it seems like a conversation that should have been had. Yeah, I mean, what I what I took what I took from that, and I definitely uh, see what you're saying because Jamie the Jamie Jamie the Fox Jamie Fox was kind of over the top with his George Jefferson uh, impression, but I think it was even highlighted more by the fact that Wanda Sykes was not right, and so and, and it, she was a canvas for his, you know, right, just and what highlighted and what he would do, he would do the hand movements in the head it was movement, like, and he was plant. It was like the they were planned, and in a sketch. You'd go. This is unbelievable. But every uh, other people were not uh, doing as caricature impression. And Sherman Hemsley, he just was that. It wasn't like he had to think about where to put his hands. It was almost like Jamie was thinking. And it's I'm, I would probably do the same thing. I'm not. Uh, that's not where I'm coming from. It's not that critique. But people were doing different levels of impressions and non-impressions, and that took me out of uh, what it was. So I think there were. A battle of we get these names to do stuff and then who really wants to do live television and who's um, the names are the draw. But there were lots of different things going. I remember Mad TV years ago before I was even there did this Seinfeldian show that crossed over with something else. And some people were kind of playing the Seinfeld character and some people weren't. And it did the same kind of thing where you're going, ah, this it doesn't doesn't quite mesh um, in that way. But it, that's just a little thing in, in the end. Um, it does take did take me out of it a little bit. But in terms of getting back to the material and how important I think something like this is, w- would you would you watch this show every week? Because uh, I'm going to say mine first. I don't think I would. I I, I think I, if it were this old scripts, I I don't think I would watch it every week. Maybe once in a while as a special. I think I would tune in and care about it, but to watch it every week as a weekly show, I I don't think I would, mainly because the 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 um, surprise and cool elements of it become uh, kind of normalized after a viewing or two. Right. I mean, that's what that you, you do get that leeway when it's a special, but once it becomes a weekly thing, you are going to be critiqued on a whole different level, and I wonder if. The old scripts could hold up in terms of like I'm sure the the scripts following this one would kind of be hitting the same notes. Well, uh, do you think? But don't you think they that they they had to pick? They didn't just pick a script out of the blue. They picked something that they thought could work because that's another argument of the all in the family could happen today. I'm like I don't think every script could probably work right. today. I think, uh, and I I would love to see it. I mean I. Toledo t- had, had let me know. Toledo, our producer, had texted me because he wasn't able to be on now. He said his somebody in his family had his. I think his wife had trouble watching it. She was uncomfortable, wow. and because of hearing all the words and stuff like that. But then you're in denial that this stuff is going on. I mean, or, or and it did. happened, or is still currently going on. Right. I mean, this is like this isn't like a blast from the past. Like we're watching, we're you know we're using old Charlie Chaplin scripts. I mean, this is recent. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, pretty much, you know, most people watching the show that have some familiarity with it are fairly still fairly young. So, I mean, this isn't like something that, you you know, I think maybe what what your wife was uncomfortable with was the fact that this is still going on, but it's just masked with buzzwords now. I, I would, you know, be interesting is to see this script modernized to just see how we talk about the exact same issues, but with uh, different, you know, instead of like, you, you know, we use the terms like working white class voter. Like that's, you know, it's it's a white guy. Right. 
but that's I think, what it is. I think even in terms of if you don't have the impression of the lovable character, like I said earlier, it's a tough, it's a tougher sell to create all new characters that talk this way. And I would love to see it because it's reality. And you don't, you're not. I think if you're glorifying those people, that's different than if you're t- saying, "Here, let's take a look into." It's like what Roseanne did originally in the '80s when her show came on. Instead of being these uh, well-to-do families, it was what people at the time were calling trash television, but it was a, a look into who some people actually were, and it was reality. I would say most people actually were. Right. I think Roseanne's family, which again, after I just brought the term up, was a a working, would you say working poor family? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's more people. I mean, my family wasn't in, that much different than that growing up. I mean, I'm so removed from it now, but my family, it was, I mean, I wouldn't call us the quote-unquote white trash kind of people that some people would use those terms but we were average you know my my dad probably made at the time forty thousand dollars a year and he lost his job at one point and had no job for a while did you feel that as a kid i i don't know you you know what i knew there were people that had lots more money than us but i knew there were people that had less than us and a, a friend of mine who came from the virgin islands and we didn't have cable and he was they were they had no money at all really they lived in a small a little apartment they thought we were rich and he thought it was funny that we were rich and we didn't have cable and he had cable and he's like <laughs> how come we have no money and we have cable uh, i'm like i don't know talk to my dad and uh what was funny is when i started making more money later i actually got my dad uh, my parents cable for years <laughs> i bought them the cable i'm like here you can have this so you have something to watch now but he well, most, most famous people buy their parents a house but i'm glad you went all out and got yeah, the I gold mean, package uh, yeah. this has hbo2 on it mom yeah so i, I think I, we're I, even I, I, yeah I, I, they got some stuff they did all right <laughs> did you give them showtime signature uh, <laughs> I had to think about what that was. Yeah. Um, All right, well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you another thing I took away from it, uh, you know, and and I think it was it was really heightened by the fact that that they played these back to back. Is that if you took the dialogue, uh, from Archie Bunker and exchanged it with the dialogue from George Jefferson, how much different would it be? I think that those two characters were more alike than any two characters on the show. Oh, yeah. They were both men that saw their world changing around them, uh, wanted to keep a vice grip on it because they liked things the way that they were. They liked uh, the male and ro- male and female roles to be defined. They liked to have the racial lines defined. Hey, we don't party with those people. Hey, those people don't come in their, our house. They can the, do what the, they want the, in their neighborhood. The, the tribalism we talk about from the very beginning of this show, how people are tribal. I'm sorry, just... No, I mean that you're 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 right on, and and then you know with the conversations that they had, you saw quickly that they were using language that turned your wife off, and I'm sure a lot of viewers off. But you know what, Frank? When I hear that language, I'm like, now we can talk. Yeah, I think that we can have a conversation when we stop using. When I stop going, okay, how do I? Frank is my Caucasian friend who lives in the state. Okay, no, I I just when I talk, I'll be like, Frank. Be honest, like white people, you guys are going crazy with this whole dog yoga thing. What is that? <laughs> like when we have that conversation, but that's culture. It's not a, a skin thing, right? Right. It's, it's just the way it's the way people talk, and I think you can get to the meat of the conversation, especially when it's an uncomfortable conversation. If you're not worried about offending the other per- person, when you're just like, even if you say for, for an hour, 
you have to promise you're not going to be offended. I promise I'll not be offended. Just tell me what your problem is. Let's say it's not a racial thing. If if you just go out, I'm sorry, dude. I your wife is really rude, and I think she's she she took some money out of uh, out of our out of, out of our cookie jar. And let's just have this out. I think your wife stole some stuff from our house. That's uncomfortable to say, but now we can talk directly. Right. Without you dancing around it for an hour, like, well, you know, sometimes my wife misplaces things. And so <laughs> we're going to look. But if you can just give if you just say, hey, did you take 100 bucks out of my bureau? Uncomfortable. But we, I can say, yes, here's why. Maybe I don't know. I was drunk or no. Here's why. But at least we can have a discussion. Right. where things can move forward or we can do it the other way where you just slowly don't answer my phone calls kind of sort of over the next two years and the podcast eventually drops off and then five years later we run into each other at an airport and i'm like what the hell was that and you're like yeah well i thought this happened it's like i never even went in that room and then you figure out it was something else instead of just having that direct conversation we could have had five years previous right yeah i i don't know i i i was very in the end, I don't want to say in the end because I don't want to wrap this up yet, but it's um, watching this show. I was really happy that Kimmel and Norman Lear and ABC had put this together because I think it does get people to talk just like you're saying. And at least people can acknowledge that this is how people are. Um, they, But they were kind of doing it like this is how it used to be. But I still think there's plenty of that around. Um, and it's and a part of it, the problem is because we dance around so much like you were saying, that nobody ever... Such a waste of time. Yeah, nobody ever gets to the point. It's okay to be different. People forget. It's okay to have your culture. It's even okay for your culture to have some things that it dislikes from other people's cultures. I think that's fine. As long as you respect the people um, in the end it, and don't I try think to... there's probably a lot of people in the culture that don't like things about the culture they're in. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you there's a lot of Italians like, oh, it's Sunday dinner. My uncle's going to come over. He's so loud. All right, I got to hear my Uncle Tony's impression of the guy. You know, it's like there are things that annoy you about your own culture. So, of course, there are going to be things that annoy you about somebody else's culture, especially if you don't really, if you only know those things from afar. And you know what I didn't like? One of the things, another little thing I didn't like, and this is the live studio audience, because I'm sure they were prompted not to be too judgmental, because there was a lot of stuff that if, if, if the average audience was watching, there were cringy, cringy moments. And I learned that, that word in the last two years from my kids. Uh, cringy, it's something that makes you cringe if you're an older person listening to the podcast here. Um, <laughs> nothing against you. I am you. Um, <laughs> but uh, there were things that were cringeworthy in today's world that if I'd heard it... Listen, I, I know this stuff isn't real. I know it's a play being put on on television. If somebody says it in real life, I cringe. If I'm watching it, I can take myself out of it enough to go, this is a reflection of society and this is a this is a piece of art showing you what people are like or were like. Um, it's not the actual person saying it. It's reflective. It's a, it's, it's a reflection of people. Um, this part of society. So I don't cringe as much when I hear it because I know that it's planned and it's not actually meant. It's just acting, right? It's to show it's you. acting and it's representing a, a large swath of society. Yeah. It's like if, they, if you watch a Jason Bourne movie, you don't think that he represents the Midwest. He's one guy with a crazy set of skills and he kicks people's ass. Right. When you listen to George Jefferson, you and I both grew up with and have men, whether they are black, white, or Hispanic, Asian, whatever, that 
act like that, that think like that. I have black family members that probably agree ideologically with a lot of what Archie Bunker would say. Yeah, the gays are coming in the neighborhood, and uh, they, they, you know the people next door to me—they're Asian. What are they gonna? They, they're having the Chinese New Year every every night. It sounds like every, everybody has a family member like that that says stuff like that in front of you, in front of your kids, right. where you got to be like, "Grandpa, come on, man." You know, it's like, but that and the thing is that crosses over. I think every uh, race. I think everybody's got an uncle that says things that are out of line. You have an aunt that's just kind of like a little bit, oh, you know, there's, I just, you know, I just keep, keep a low profile and I try not to say anything. You're like, Hey, your son is uh smoking pot at 12. Well, you can't say that. You know, there are, I think that every character represented a large part of this society and to be offended by what any of them had to say would be to be offended by at any point, one sixth of this country of 320 million people. One of those um, moments to backtrack a second that I was trying to remember and I had to look at notes. Um, when when they said the uh, there was a line that says we would have a woman president and the crowd just cheered that to me. <laughs> I was just like, oh, come on. You know, not, yeah. not that the, like. That that almost took me out of it for a second. I was like, ah, wait, do we need? What to turned you off about that? Let's get into this. Um, what, what were you just about because that? it just felt, I don't know, like it. I'm trying to think of that was the thing they cheered that loudly. Like that was the one thing that the the moment. Like it's just let's just take it all in and it, it, I know just in. I don't like cheering in television or anything like i like laughter and and reactions maybe it's just a natural reaction for people but i i just don't as much as i think yes that's a great thing right, right. um it's i just maybe it's because i'm just not a cheerer person i'm not a person to be like well it definitely Ugh. takes me out of it when i'm watching uh real time with bill maher and the crowd claps after certain people's points it doesn't clap after other people's points and i'm like you have this really cool environment obviously it's very liberal left-leaning um but like you have a chance to have a conservative that's at least got enough credits to have been gotten booked on the show and when they give when they have a point i want to hear it yeah i really genuinely do and i know that if i went on that show and i said a liberal point of view i know that there are certain things i could say to get claps and i'm like okay so we got that so then i don't need that yeah i'd rather have silence and just i want to hear your retort rather than me just saying, hey, I think every kid deserves a good salad meal, uh, breakfast and lunch to start their day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't hear. It was just weird to me because it was the thing that I think got the biggest. And there's so many other things that are important that were said there that were the same level that I thought I just maybe it's because I'm an old white guy. I don't know. I, I really I don't think that. But maybe. But Let it was me ask just, you this, Frank. How would it have been received if people clapped after things that Archie said? Well, yeah. I mean, and that's what had happened in the 70s, right? There were people that thought Archie was the way you were yeah. supposed to be. Um, a lot of people. This is a this is a if somebody's saying a woman should not be president, then I just don't want to talk to that person. Anyways, I don't that's that that that's a ridiculous thought. And the whole dialogue that got to that point was really great. Right. Um, all, the dialogue was all fantastic. I 
like I said, I I said the impressions a little took me out and people doing impressions and not doing impressions. Um, But the dialogue, so much of it, like you said from the beginning, and I was skeptical of, I was like, how can this still? And I'm watching, I'm going, oh, it's still the same social. The fact that George Jefferson or that the the, the maid comes over, uh, when Florence comes over, uh, when Jack A comes over, um, just that's all one person. (laughs) When When Jack A comes over and she's assuming that it's not um, the Jefferson's ha- uh, apartment. Not That's only assuming, a- could not conceptualize. Right. Okay. But now put a white a white person in that, and that's got a different connotation itself, right? That's got Definitely. even that's got even more. But the fact that it's a a, a black woman who comes in here and in, into that apartment and can't believe it. That's awesome to me because that's saying people from our own group, our own culture, whatever, however you want to categorize it, um, our own uh, tribal, you know, ness. Um, and, it, and it could happen with white people and white. And like when Archie can't believe that George Jefferson has a bigger house has than a, him. Yes. Oh, gee, what do you mean? You, got, you know, that's that to <laughs> me was awesome. That's true. And they don't touch that stuff. They won't they wouldn't come near that. On a new show, I don't believe. But to watch that on that show, on our, All in the Family, or on the Jeffersons, both those situations, I'm like, yes, yes, people. And I, maybe I do cheer. So I didn't clap. I, I'm doing that now because it's, um, maybe I'm looking for a promo. I don't know. <laughs> but it's one of those things where I'm going in my head going, that's fantastic because they don't touch this stuff today. They don't, they wouldn't touch uh, this group, this person from this group saying this out loud. Uh, and they did it because they would, and then you're watching it going, okay, there's truth in this, and that's what I really watch. One one little thing, um, I want to see what your thought is before I say anything, and then I'll probably interrupt you, which is what I tend to do with everybody. That's um, the name of our next podcast. You know, working on it. Um, Jamie Foxx, when he, when he first gets out there as George Jefferson, screws up and then plays to the audience. What was your thought? What hit you when you saw that? I liked it. And I'll tell you why. Everybody, like I always say on this podcast, man, everybody's a sucker for the truth. And I'm we do, we've done tens of thousands of live shows. And I've always found that when I've screwed a joke up, when I just acknowledge it, people can come out when I break that fourth wall. I always be like, well, the reason that joke didn't make sense is because I started with the punchline. And then forgot that I started with the punchline and then just repeated it. That's why you're staring at me. Or I just referenced a joke that I haven't told yet. And then I need to be like, oh, okay, that's funny. Instead of you just kind of playing it off. And then you can go, I've always found that you can go back into your act. Your show's not tanked once you do that. And I was able to go back into the show after Jamie Foxx, like, you know, he, he, he flubbed those two lines and then made something funny and then went back into it. The actors kind of held their spot. And, uh, you, you know, see I, them I, starting to crack up. Yeah. I think there's, I, a, there's I, a humanity to that. I liked it too, and I, I I understood why everybody liked it because it did it br- broke tension and made things even more fun. And like this is supposed to be fun, but I'm going to pose a question to you. Let's right. say it's let's say it's not Jamie Fox. Let's say it's one of the lesser known actors in there, and they go off script. How do you think that's received? Because I don't think it's received anywhere close to Jamie Fox. Oscar-winning actor, and I would consider a genius, going off and doing that. I agree. I think they would get lambasted the next day, depending yeah. on how egregious the the flub was. I think I think that it could. Ha- I think that they'd be like, 
a great show except for Mike Smith tanked the whole third act. I think it would be set up like that. And it's as a superstar, and I I don't like to use this word, but because I, I don't want it to people to to to, to correlate it to anything else. But it's kind of he he has his own little privilege there. I guess is there a better word? He's got he's got the gravitas, but he's as a superstar, he's got way more leeway to make a mistake. Because you're like, oh, like if De Niro made a mistake, you're like, De Niro just made a mistake. That was <laughs> awesome. And then who's the guy who made, that's different than who's the guy who made the mistake? Let me IMDB who played that. That's not, and not only did Jamie Foxx make the mistake, he acknowledged it, played it out to the camera, had a joke line on it, and then came back and, and did it 100% again. But I don't think anybody else gets that leeway. If you screw up your line and you're, you're Ike Barinholtz, who I've known forever and is, a, is brilliant as well, if he screws up his line and goes out and plays outside the script, I think you're, you're like you said, lambasted a little bit uh, or a bunch and, and people go after you some. Um, but with Jamie Foxx, and I, he deserves it. He's worked hard to get there. I, I, I have no qualms about it. I'm just saying people's reaction to that was this is incredible and writing about it. And that's what everybody went off on the next day. I think even some taking away from the fact of how great a lot of the other stuff was in this. Um, but that that to me was, oh, when you're a superstar, you and you say it, uh, uh, you've said it and pointed out um, about people, beautiful people, too. There's just more leeway given to those people. Like, now, this was now if he was just a great-looking person who screwed it up, people would probably complain. They say that person's just there for their looks. Um, but because it's Jamie Foxx and people know how talented he is and uh, funny and how good and uh, uh, and smart he is, you give him more leeway. But that superstar uh, mentality, or not, not the mentality, but the superstar quality he has allows him a lot more leeway when he screws up than somebody who wasn't that. Well, we see this all the time in sports. If you think about pro ball, I mean, at the end of a game, if Kobe Bryant uh, rises up for the game, winning three-point shot and misses it, they'd be like, hey, doesn't matter. He's still one of the GOATs. The go big-time players take big-time shots. If Kobe Bryant passes it to uh, unknown Mick Unknown and he, he shoots the ball and misses, it's going to be – Kobe's 39-point game ruined by this bum. Right. I mean, there is a – like, look, there's a – It's a, basically a, anybody playing with LeBron. Yes, and I mean, that's why you see LeBron's by himself in Los Angeles. Who wants to go there? Because when it works, it's going to be LeBron right at the ship. When it doesn't, it, it's going to – I mean, Kevin Love and Chris Bosh, who are both Hall of Famers, they both took it for two – Two or three because when it's not working, they don't. They never ne blame LeBron. So I mean, in this case, Jamie Foxx is LeBron, and and whoever screws that up, whoever messes up his handoff, they're gonna get it. Yeah. So uh, to wrap this up, which has become the uh, Jefferson's All in the Family episode, which I'm actually happy about because I was passionate about this, and I, like I said from the beginning, uh, just to recap it, in case you don't remember from 20 minutes ago, I was skeptical at the beginning. Um, you told me about it. I I watched. And um, was more than pleasantly surprised and happy and uh, would tell I, I am telling people go watch it um, because there's I, I wish people could do this more and be more real. And even though it might be hard to hear people say some of these things um, when it's in a when it's in a, a, an entertainment form, just remember they're trying to reflect what some people are that are hidden and some people not so hidden. Um, 
that, that, that that's out there. So if you don't bring it up, you can never talk about it. And I think this gets a lot of conversation going. I think some people miss the boat. I saw some articles and stuff, people missing the boat on completely what it, what, how, how great it was and how good it could be. Um, I'm interested to see if they do something again with, with this. I'd like to see it again. I'd like to see it, um, like I said, I'd love to see a show that could show you this or even a movie that could reflect this much reality of how people talk and how people think not to show how it's because it's not not to have people um, deify them but to say hey look at how we many of us are out there thinking and you what prejudices do you have that you don't that you don't even think about every day I have plenty the different things that come across me and as a trying to be a good person you go all right you're not thinking right you're just thinking in terms of who you are you have to look at things from other people's perspectives I'd agree, brother. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, before you go to deify a character, just realize that character represents more people than, you know, and represents people in your family, people you work with. This is what it is, y'all. This is what it is. So we need to have these conversations or we just walk around and not have these conversations. And then we secretly uh, tear each other apart on social media. So it's your call. How about this? 20 years ago, if I had told you that Jimmy Kimmel, the man show guy, was going to do uh, a remake of All in the Family and the Jeffersons live on ABC in 2019, you would have said, what? That, yeah, I'd have been yeah, like, it's right. going to be and Trump is, Yeah, and, right, and Donald Trump's going to be president. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's going to happen. So <laughs> there's just, that's amazing that that, that was done. Uh, like I said, I'd like to see it opened door. I, I wouldn't necessarily like to see this done over and over, but I like to see it open doors for people to talk and be real in entertainment. And I think, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I hope it does. Me too. All right. Um, your lips to God's ear, sir. Uh, at Alan Frank, uh, across various forms of social media, Al Jack at Al Jackson, IG on Instagram. And, um, at Frank Caliendo on everything for me. You can hit us at al at alanfrank.com or frank at alanfrank.com to email us directly if you're still using the email. Um, I don't know. Still? Yeah. Some I, people I was, have gone I, back to snail mail, Frank. No, well, a lot of people just do like, PO box. like they just hit you up straight up on the uh, on the social media stuff. And I was trying to sound old and then realize I. I probably do that well enough without trying. Yeah, just staring at the curve, Frank. Yeah, just be real. Um, <laughs> so until next week, uh, that's it. Uh, we'll uh, we'll listen to your social media. Or, you know, we'll listen to your stuff. Send us as much as possible. A lot of a lot of what we've been talking about uh, um, recently has come from people emailing, texting, tweeting, uh, hitting us up on any kind of uh, direct message. And that's what we want to do more of. So, like I said, at Al Jackson IG, at Frank Caliendo, and um, alanfrank.com, at alanfrank uh, on all the, all the social media forms. So, that's it. That's right. Love you, buddy. All right. Daddy loves you. <laughs>